0: There is a podcast for everyone out there, but from the viewpoint of the male executive assistant, not so much. So here we go. Hello ladies and hello gentlemen, welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Brickwood, and I've been an assistant for more than 20 years. Being a man in what is decidedly a role filled by women has put me in some insightful, some hilarious, and certainly some very unique situations. During this podcast, I plan to share many of those experiences, as well as some of the tips and tricks and the do's and the don'ts that I've learned over the years, which is my way to bring a new perspective on an old profession. Whether you are a receptionist, a secretary, an executive assistant, somewhere above, below, or in between, retired, starting out, or mid-career, I hope that you find some enjoyment and something interesting from my ramblings. So please join me, ladies, and of course, the gentlemen, as I bring you into my world, the world of the male admin, on my podcast, Hello Ladies, Perspectives from a Male Admin. welcome back i'm jonathan brickwood and this is episode 13 of the podcast hello ladies perspectives from a male admin thank you for joining me this week and as always thank you for your support it's still board meeting season for me so i am tired but i will not bore you with this because you can see it in my video i've got bags under my eyes however this week, I'm looking at three different types of supporting at the top. So I have no right to say that I'm tired when I look at CEOs and what they need to do. The first that I will talk about this week is admin adjacent supporting the CEO. Again, it'll be back at the bank with a couple of different ways. I have assisted supporting the CEO. The second I'm looking at is what it's like supporting the board through the corporate secretary. And the third, the one time I have had supporting the CEO directly. I want to wish everyone also a happy Halloween on Tuesday. I almost said Thanksgiving, but a happy Halloween on Tuesday. And I hope that it is enjoyable for you. So now I bring you into my world, the world of the mail admin. I know I have referenced the bank a lot over the course of these podcasts, and that's mainly because it was my first proper job. And from it, I learned a lot, and I learned a lot from the people there. One of those people was the admin to the corporate secretary, who I've talked about before. She was also, for a year, the admin to the CEO. I briefly touched on this last episode when I talked about the television in the boardroom and how she called me to come down and help with that. That's a good example of those things that we admins do when we support at the top, the things that are beyond scheduling and beyond correspondence and email. There are always going to be the could you just and might you be able to things that we admins do. When we're supporting someone we align really well with that we like and who supports us equally as we support them, it makes doing these extra things so much easier. Although I never directly supported the CEO of the bank, because of my friendship with the EA there, I had a lot of contact with the CEO in what I call Supporting Adjacent, and I'll touch on a couple of these now. One of my first roles at the bank was in the legal department. In that role, as I've mentioned, I supported the senior counsel, as well as at various times, the corporate secretary. Part of my job supporting the senior counsel was to get signatures on agreements. These were agreements which required signatures of those on the executive team, the CEO, CFO, COO, etc., I had a list of who could sign, which types of agreements, how much they could sign for, and whether they could sign for both sides of the bank. It was, actually still is, a securities company and a trust company, meaning that different executives could only sign certain types of agreements on the different sides of the company. The CEO, though, of course, could sign every agreement at any amount, and for both sides of the company, which is why whenever I needed to get signatures, I always started with him because I knew that if I needed two signatures for one side and one signature for the other side of the company, I could knock off two of these three signatures with the CEO alone and then only need one other executive. The CEO was on the floor below me so I could take the internal stairs down and then I would hover around his EA's desk. If she was there, we'd chat for a few minutes, and if the CEO was around, she'd usually just let me know I could go in and get his signature on the documents. If he wasn't there, though, I'd go in search of the other signature and other the other executive that I would need, and then I'd drop the agreement off for the CEO to sign later. But more often than not, when I got back, he was in his office and I could get that last signature. Two occasions particularly have always stuck out in my mind. The first was one time when I walked down to get a signature on an agreement and his EA wasn't there. His office door was somewhat ajar and I could hear him on the phone talking. I knocked lightly and stuck my head in and he looked up and waved me in. I stood quietly beside him and just pointed at the name of the agreement and then flipped to the pages where he needed to sign. We did all this while he was still on the call. Now, the call, I remember, was very high level and sounded like it was CEO to CEO. But there I was, the lowly EA, twenty-one, twenty-two years old, first main, first real job, standing there getting the CEO to sign the agreement, which he did without blinking an eye. Only as I thanked him quietly and was walking out, quietly so that I didn't interrupt the telephone call, did he excuse himself momentarily from that call and ask me what the agreement was. I explained what it was, and he was quite happy that it was finally being executed, saying that it had been taking almost a year to finally settle on the terms. Oh, and it's worth mentioning that whenever I would come around with these agreements, they weren't small sometimes in the hundreds of pages, and so also requiring multiple copies for execution. So I would have them all flagged and would just flip from page to page and point out where the signature was needed. I'd then borrow the authorized signatory stamp from his EA, which had his name and title on it, and then stamp underneath his signature. The second time that sticks out in my memory was around the same time as this first occasion. The CEO had come for a meeting with the general counsel who was just down the hall from where I sat. There was only one route to the general counsel's office and that route would take anyone directly past my desk. I had just received the agreement that required signatures as the CEO had walked past my desk. Now, the CEO always said hello to me by name, and I suppose looking back on this, I suspect that that pissed a lot of people off in the department, that an EA on first-name terms with the CEO it was a scandal, to be sure. But as the CEO was meeting with the General Counsel, I was flagging the pages of the agreement for signature and noticed that I really only needed the CEO to sign this one. It didn't need a countersign, and he could sign for everything. So when the CEO came out of the meeting with the general counsel and walked past my desk, I called him over or asked him to sign or accosted him. I honestly don't remember which, but I did remember, do remember, getting his attention, and he came over to my desk to sign the agreement. To which he said, You know, Jonathan, you're the only person I would do this for. Which again, likely, pissed off all sorts of people around me. Now, I just want to add in that because this was in the early 2000s, this was really before e-signatures and all legal documents had to have a physical printed signature. And so stories like this, I expect, aren't common anymore That every, because everything is done digitally and all of the documents are signed either in PDF or e-signature or any other such um software program that I don't know that if I were doing these stories now in this type of a role that I would actually have this I don't remember the last time I've actually had to get a physical signature on anything at work in a long time everything is digital and everything is just done that way now Following on the, you're the only person I would do this for, level of trust, there was an occasion where I was asked to print and deliver a document to the CEO. My EA friend, who was at that time EA to the corporate secretary, was the one who would sit in a boardroom outside the meeting of the Board of Directors, and her role would be to coordinate with attendees to the meeting and let them know if the board was running on time or ahead or behind, and let them know when to come down, and then they would wait with her until they were called into the meeting to give their report. She was also there to arrange catering and refreshments for the meeting as necessary and any other admin duties that the board might require. On one occasion, as the meeting was wrapping up, she called me from the room, having just sent me a very confidential document. The CEO had sent it to her to print, and which needed to be given to a board director. Because she had no access to a printer in that room, she forwarded it to me to print, and then called me and let me know who it was for, which, to me, just reinforced the level of confidentiality of the document. So I quickly sent it to the printer. Now... This was before secure print and delayed print, so the way this was done was somewhat comedic. You would prepare it to be sent to the printer, you'd send it to the printer, and you'd then sprint across the office floor to wherever the printer was in order to intercept it before anyone else could get to it. So there I was, hitting print and sprinting the 20 or so feet to the printer before anyone else would see it. I successfully, though, secured the document without anyone intercepting it. I stapled it and then sealed it in an envelope. And in my best block printing, I wrote the name of the director on it. I then hurriedly made my way down to the meeting floor with envelope in hand. I arrived and saw the CEO talking with a gentleman. Now, I presumed that the gentleman might have been the board director, but because I didn't know, I went up to the CEO instead. I pardoned myself into the conversation and told the CEO that I had the envelope for the director and I was about to hand it over to the CEO. The CEO, though, just promptly directed me to hand it correctly, as I had suspected, to the gentleman he was having a conversation with. I handed the envelope over to the director. And I suspect that we both, the CEO and myself, noticed the apprehension on the face of the director when I did so because of the level of confidentiality of the document, and probably also because I was quite young at the time. And the CEO, though, added, as I handed over the envelope, oh, you can trust Jonathan, like he was my own assistant. Mm -hmm. Following on my previous anecdote, I did a number of fill-ins for the corporate secretary when I was at the bank, each time, though, with the blessing of the CEO. I've touched on the assembly and delivery of board packages in a previous episode, so I won't describe it again. Beyond just saying that considering I wasn't actually the assistant of the corporate secretary, assisting with this work showed a level of trust that wasn't easily displayed in others. One time I did what my EA friend had done, and that is sit in the adjacent boardroom while the board of directors meeting was happening. I suspect that there was much discussion behind the scenes over who would be trusted enough to be able to do this. And given my relationship, quote unquote, with the CEO, it was probably just myself and perhaps one or two of the other admins at the senior executive team who would have been considered for the position or for the role rather. So there I was again, admin adjacent, filling in It's a role now, though, that I filled many, many times. The admin in the board meetings, projecting the material, ensuring the hybrid call with the CEO and some other members of the executive team is properly running, and that there are no technical issues with the call, arranging the catering and taking minutes or notes as required. Thankfully, though, most meetings that I'm in now have a member of the legal team who actually takes the minutes of any meetings. I suppose it's fortunate that I was exposed to this type of interaction at such a senior level so early in my career. I look back, and in some respects, my naivete to the importance and or to the rank of the individuals in these meetings went right over my head, which in some ways now makes my interactions with senior executives much more fluid and less awestruck. I've been in meetings where the CEO and senior executives have also been, and I sit either beside them or between them or across from them. And as they're presenting, it's my responsibility to flip through slides, so I have direct contact with them, even if it's only milliseconds of time. But while I'm there, just casually setting up the computer and preparing to project the presentations, other admins, and indeed sometimes just others in the room in general, are flustered by the presence of the senior executives because they rarely have contact with them. I guess my comment on this particular reminiscence is that, and this might sound a little pompous and self-important, I realize, but sometimes it's just easier to get on with what I'm there to do, to make the meeting run smoothly and without issue. And so if being unflustered and unawed by the executives is the way to accomplish that, then I achieved that long ago my singular experience supporting a ceo was i will be quite frank less than ideal and so i passed this on more as lessons learned and how i dealt with it rather than general anecdotes of what it was hired remotely during the pandemic the entire role was almost exclusively remote i think in the seven or eight months that I was in the role, I only physically met the CEO about six times. And so while working remotely certainly has extreme benefits, supporting a CEO remotely, and indeed any senior executive, has very unique challenges. I have two particular lessons which I want to pass on in this episode. The first is how to manage a CEO who doesn't communicate well, especially in how to manage their calendar. And the second, in managing an executive team as admin to the CEO. When you have an executive, especially a CEO, who's not very communicative, it lends to some unique challenges. When you're trying to schedule, especially, and this is the lesson that I will pass on. When your executive doesn't respond to you or you have challenges reaching them, it becomes necessary to sometimes circumvent the system. What I mean by that is that myself and the chief of staff would take it on ourselves to manage the CEO and his schedule without the CEO's input. This, of course, was not ideal, especially as the CEO would sometimes make his own meetings without putting them into the calendar or letting me know and would quite regularly end up having them double-booked with ones that I did put in. When this happens, I would do two things. First, I would block all the time in the calendar that we hadn't talked about in advance or that wasn't already scheduled, as possible times when the CEO would make his own meetings or calls. And second, I would text and call persistently the CEO if a change needed to be made. Now, I'm not saying that this is ideal. It's not. Nor am I saying that this is the best way to deal with the situation. Again, it wasn't. But it is the way that we needed to handle this particular CEO. And thankfully, we managed to get reasonable results this way, even if it did require a lot of chasing on my part. Eventually the CEO would respond, albeit not speedily to my texts or calls and voicemails. And we found a good cadence in terms of planning and scheduling blocks. We agreed that anytime after 3 PM, I wouldn't schedule anything and he would take that time for any meetings he wanted to make himself. Also, he agreed that he would send people my way if they wanted to book a meeting with him rather than him booking it himself. That being the case, he still called and texted certain people regularly without letting me know to the point where he would regularly miss scheduled meetings because he was on one he had scheduled himself. There is no perfect or magic solution in these type of situations. Sometimes you need to do the best you can and assert a level of decision making in terms of scheduling and then just tell them, meaning the CEO or the executive, rather than confer with them. Of course, this has its significant downside, mainly that me, myself, and I would regularly take the blame for missed or double booked meetings. When you're the admin to the CEO, you usually, though not always, I know, need to manage the interactions between the other admins and the members of the executive team. I had only two admins when I was in this role, so my management and mentoring of the other admins was short and limited. That being the case, we three did have a good rapport and it served us well when working on joint meetings. We, meaning the admin team, the three of us, would split parts of planning meetings or planning events between us, and we would then just send everything out out once it was finished. Managing the executives, on the other hand, was a different thing entirely. When you're at the level of admin to the CEO, it's quite common that you have interactions with the executives directly rather than through their admins. I tried to go through the admins as often as I could. But if they were to contact me, meaning the executives, I wouldn't go to the admin as well. But as I said, because we were small and we were a small admin team, it meant that most of the executives didn't have their own admin. Actually, I was the only admin who only had one. The other admins each had at least three or four of the executives in turn. So I'd regularly get messages from the executives themselves asking for meetings or documents or just five minutes with the CEO. And as we all know, just five minutes turns into just 55 minutes, and then everything gets thrown for a loop. In these cases, though, and in this role, you are very much the gatekeeper. You need to be very strict and very selective about who gets how much time and for what they get that time for. It's also usually the case that you need to get right into a lot of the matters and issues that are going on between the executives so you can understand who needs time over the others. A particular example was that the CEO was planning to terminate one of the other executives. And so I was read into that very early on so that I could accordingly schedule the meetings with HR and understand what was going on. I was also needed to liaise with IT and various other people once they were terminated so that we could get them off of the system as quickly as possible. Which leads into the other part of managing the executives, and that's being the weekly executive team meetings. When I was in this role, I would prepare the agenda for and take the minutes of the weekly executive meetings. They were 90 minutes long, and they were all done on teams. To say I would be very tired afterwards was quite true, and You need to be on all the time when you're in this function so you can hear and note appropriately everything that needs to be captured. The benefit of this, though, is that you understand the priorities and the projects that the executives are going through, what they're working on, and what's coming up. It benefited me immensely when planning time and scheduling meetings, and I would know what I could move, what couldn't, and what was needed, and what needed more time or less time. And who should and should not be included in various meetings when others didn't necessarily tell me. I've taken some of these lessons and processes into my current role, and even though I'm supporting sub-CEO, I am still supporting C-suite, but I treat the department and the department's leadership team the same way as that of the leadership team of a CEO. I plan the leadership meeting agenda, I take notes, and thankfully I don't need to take formal minutes, and I manage the priorities and the projects of the department the same way that I would have if I was the CEO. Thank you again for joining me on this episode. I hope you found it interesting to learn about what it's like supporting at the top. Whenever you do support at the top, it takes a different style and a different perspective and a different look and understanding of the needs and what it takes to meet them. For next week's episode, number 14, I will be delving into Reddit. I'll be looking through some of the questions and answers that are there and offering up my own view on them. I may turn this into a regular thing depending on how it goes here. Episode 15, I'll have a look at mentoring, both inside and outside of being an EA, as as an EA who has mentored and has been mentored at various points in my career. And for episode 16, I'll be looking at interviewing. I'll have a look at some of my most memorable interviews and some of the lessons that I took away from them and what to look out for when getting an interview call. I'd like to wish you all, as I said at the beginning, a happy Halloween this week. For those of you parents taking your children out trick-or-treating, have fun and be safe. And for those just trick-or-treating on your own, have fun. And for those doing office Halloween parties, have fun and remember, be careful. I don't tend to go trick-or-treating out anymore, but I do wish you all the best. I remember as a child, I loved it. And one Halloween, I went as an air conditioner. And thankfully, I can't find a picture of that. So there's no proof that I did actually go out as an air conditioner. Like always, I would like to thank you, my dedicated listeners, for your support. And thank you for sticking around now through 13 episodes of My Perspective. You can continue to find my videos on TikTok, Instagram, and on the YouTube accounts. And I'm always looking for new ideas. And if you have any, please leave me a comment or send me an email. So until next time, have a great week. I'm Jonathan Brickwood, and this has been The Perspective of a Male Admin.